0: Hey! Hello everyone and thank you again for coming back and hanging out with us for an hour or so at Talking Touring. Uh, me and Liam are really, really thankful for your support and uh, we really do hope that you are enjoying these and, and please do keep the messages coming in. Um, we're always looking to improve and uh, we're always looking to have a good chat and a good fun time with anyone, so uh, yeah, keep them coming. Uh, this week, episode four, we have the wonderful James Toesland. Um James and I, um, are, are James, me, and Liam are all great friends that that toured together for like four years. Um, so we we went through a lot. Um, we did a lot of driving around Europe, and we did a lot of um, a lot of time together in small vans and in shitty backstage areas. And we all went through a lot of personal things on those tours as well, being ups and downs at home, and it was. Um, the ups and downs of successes and failures of, of all of ours um so we, we we really we really experienced a lot and we always and we we all came through for each other i feel when we were touring together so uh in this one there's, there's tips um james james is a very healthy man so he's got a lot of health tips that he had on this one um and yeah i mean we, we've got some great memories so I really hope you guys enjoy this. And, uh, yeah, here we go. Episode four with James Toesland. Welcome to Talking, Talking. Touring. Craig Leach and Liam Sexton. James! What are you drinking? Oh. <laughs> it's got to be smooth, is it? has got to be smooth. Oh, it's got to be smooth. No, I like it's the bitty one. Let me actually uh,
1: interject there. So, smooth like our, our guest this week,
0: oh, James like Hosland. Nice. Oh. James Hosland, welcome you. to Talking Touring. See, I prefer Liam's in oh, well, <laughs> fuck it. Liam well. can do it then.
2: How <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you, James? I'm very well, boys. Very well. Um... Yes, just a a busy day, you know, doing the rock and roll stuff, going to the tip three times and cleaning my garage out. And in this lockdown, just trying to drag on to every single job that I can think of doing to pass the time. Living the dream. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you literally scan around the house thinking, does that need another polish? Yeah. Can I move that off?
1: <laughs> I, I actually, I know what you mean. I just, I mopped under my rugs today in my <laughs> oh, room. Another
2: level. What that instead of not. mopping, it, I'm mopping yeah. it under all, everything under the rug, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Took <laughs> so all
1: the rugs up, mopped underneath them. Just so Christ. fucking bored. Yeah,
2: yeah impressive. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. To be honest, though, it's. Uh, Oh, I mean, talking about the the, the music business, it's um, um, it's just come to an absolute standstill. I mean, oh, it's I mean just jo- so, it? We're joking about doing stuff at home and kind of just like just mundane day to day stuff. Um, but but that that's all we've got to grab hold of, isn't it, Paul? So.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you um, playing much at home at the minute?
2: No, I've had I've had three operations in of course, yeah, in the in this year alone on the old bloody wrist. And she's still a bit swollen from this operation. Oh yeah, as you, as you yeah. can see. But um, uh, but this is the best it's been post-op at five weeks that I've had, and I'm quite optimistic about it. And I've got a bit more. I've got I that it hasn't done that for nine years. That's wow. fantastic, mate. That is you know, amazing. Ten, yeah. ten years in. Ten years in March. Um, so the, the the biggest problem is, is is as soon as you start getting movement in it, it gets the arthritic pain going. And yeah. So. Um, I've had four bones removed out of my wrist and put a special disc in there, and um, it was to create like the, the ball and joint um, almost. And, um, but it's if you take too much bone away, you're left with a limp wrist. Which I know you guys will love. Yeah, bloody right? love that <laughs> <laughs> Because it would <was, laughs> just prove to you guys that it was true. <laughs> I was say it was pretty limp anyway, wasn't it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, if, if like, I'm going to just go straight in and just start talking about touring, if that's right. Like, James, we, yeah. me, well, the three of us were touring together for, what, three years, four yeah. years, was it? Yeah, yeah, three, or oh, four, yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, Um, And we have some very, I have some ridiculous memories from it. I have some yeah. very large blank spots as well.
2: We're, we're not <laughs> probably there, for the so. best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but, like, for the people that don't know who you are, like you've had a very successful career outside of music as well, which took you around the world a lot as well. And um, something that I've always found interesting is is what are the comparisons that you can like draw between traveling around the world to be on the bikes or traveling around the world to play shows? Is it is it comparable or is it is it um, two different worlds?
2: Um, if I was to give any advice for your own public health, I would go motorcycle racing, because even <laughs> even crashing at 200 miles an hour right, <laughs> is safer for your long-term health than it is. <laughs> grabbing whatever service summons you can get at 2 o'clock in the morning and showing... Yeah travel lodge with three guys <laughs> for your own safety everybody go motorcycle racing it's much safer I, think
0: that's, I love that
1: I can't really imagine there's much argument to be made against that to be honest no I, I no completely you, agree
2: and, and because you were there you, you'd be a massive hypocrite if you yeah. <laughs> mind you you didn't come with me on the old sensible job I can't believe no. I'm talking about motorcycle racing at 200 miles an hour being the sensible part of It know, <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs> took a turn pretty quickly no I, I was just going to go behind the keyboard and life is going to get quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How wrong could I be? Like it
0: was... Was, it, was it similar kind of pressures as well? I mean, I, the, the level you were at with the motorbikes and the level you were at with the music were pretty different, but mm. you still had to go out and perform every day and you had to travel every day and you had to... It's, it's not a case of just walking on stage. It's a case of all the other shit behind it all the driving all the preparing all the mm-hmm. money that goes into it as well like did, yes. are they comparable or was it just um, worlds
2: apart to be honest i was i was a lot more self conscious and nervous about walking on stage than than really? i was yeah on the bike massively even even though like a, at the height of the race and there was 126,000 people at branzach and i was racing around there and, and doing what i was doing um but um, but i felt so much more invaded as far as kind of um that interaction at a a 200 capacity club in in Mm -hmm. Sheffield and Nottingham because you walk at everybody's just there staring at you and I didn't I didn't have a helmet to hide my face and my dark visors hide my eyes and to to flash past them at 200 miles an hour and um (laughs) and also also I've done racing for 20 years nearly and then I and then I got this injury, and then it would it forced me to retire. And the you know, the only thing that I did do was play and sing, and, and, and I wanted to try and have a go at that to a to a high level. Um, but what what I discovered was because of the name, it kind of catapulted me into playing 200, 300 capacities quite soon. Um, but without the natural buildup of the skill set and 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 doing things and building things up away from that that onlook, uh, before you were propelled into those, those quite high pressured um high expectations um uh, events and when they were all looking at you when you haven't got that inner confidence and swagger that you you've honed those skills mm. um, it was it was a lot of pressure on board. and I know there was a lot of stick a little bit within the the, the music uh, medium in a few formats where um, I remember one of the titles saying that the, the grease monkey does his second album, Oh, and, oh yeah i remember that you one. know and i thought that was quick i thought that was pretty harsh because um but that, that was just an example of of going from one world to another and well people have the idea like,
0: of seeing you people
2: do that don't they they fucking hate yeah. it no. yeah yeah and i understand i i got it i got it because in the racing world in the paddock it's a small little circus and like you know, you had some like um, like movie star, because at the level I was racing I had we had Tom Cruise on the on the grid. We had wow. Um, um, uh, who, who else can I name drop here? Um, <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt. There was Brad Pitt, and there was, there was Prince know. Harry. There was Prince Harry. But I got Prince Harry in, in the garage, having a chat with him before the Donington Park race about. Now, better not say. But um, um you know. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it was. Even then, I felt protective about our little circus and 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 our little kind yeah. of um, our people uh, when when newcomers came in. So I got that there was a little bit of a kind of like an alien like, in in the mix of of being in their world and I, and I got it but I thought Grease Monkey was a bit harsh but um yeah I uh, thought it was out I remember
0: when that came <laughs> out and it was just like well, that's not
2: really on is it no. well I went in and I went into the office that who wrote it I didn't meet yeah. who wrote it but I met the boss and I said look I said I, I said because it was really damaging because uh, mm. I yeah. you know I, I was absolutely I was busting my balls off to try and get credit in this new field that I was forced to go in because I had to retire from my racing, but I loved the music so much that I wanted to have a go at it and just write music that people could enjoy. Mm, and, mm-hmm. it, and it was there was no egotistical thing about it at all. I mean, I, I didn't need and want to. Uh, or didn't need to to go out and and have everybody cheering and singing my songs. It wasn't about that. It was just a purpose in life mm, to yeah. wake up in the mornings and. And it was like I'm creating something again. I tried the television a little bit on the uh, uh, BT Sport and, and the Eurosport, and I just found it so soulless that I was just commentating on people doing stuff,
1: mm. yeah, and I wanted to do
2: stuff. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was so that's what music to me was about. I, I had fond memories of my grand teaching me to play as a kid, and music to me has always just been a, um, a a kind of a magnet a magnet for joy, and and Perfect. I and I love that. And and you know, motorcycle racing was a, a, an escape. It yeah. was a release, mm-hmm. and uh, and it did exactly what. Turn you know, I, I, I if you know all that built up aggression and, and frustration of 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 life. You know, you got on a bike and went two hundred and twenty miles an hour again. You yeah. could be a, yeah. you could be a, you could be a, a member of society that was acceptable for a week or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, but but the music was was just to bring bring just have fun. It was just fun.
0: Yeah. and, yeah. the, the oh, and, and i tell was you so what, went like, I'm sure the writing process of it where we weren't there was fun, but um, I think the real fun happened when we actually went out on tour. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
2: the, touring, was, t- touring was... Um, the, the only problem with touring, I found, was, you know, financially for me, was everything's up front. You know, yeah, you've got yeah. the van and the hotels and the merchandise you've got to sell and and just... Uh, everything that you can think of, you've got to pay for the whole thing before you even walk out the door to start the tour. That's and a two-week 100%. tour for for us, for Tosin was was fifteen thousand pounds for two weeks, hmm. and it was fifteen grand, boff, on the on the table. And and away yeah. you went. And at the level that we were at, I had to say hello to every single person in that hmm. two or three hundred capacity room to thank them, genuinely thank them. At the merchandise store, and try and uh, again, like 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 bees to a honeypot, try and get them around the merchandise table to buy a t-shirt to the just break it. even. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind at all meeting everybody and talking to everybody. I'm, I'm quite um, uh, approachable and and, I, mm. and, I, and, I, and mm-hmm. I, I I do enjoy that side of it. But um, but but it was it was it was because you had to yeah. um. Or she was going part to lose of the fighting, job right? wasn't
0: it i guess yeah. as, as a as a racing driver you wouldn't have to interact with the fans as much because no. the, anom- the an, an, an anonymity yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Even...
2: yeah. But, but also the the, the quantity yeah. you know um mm, yeah. I'm, 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 and, and to be honest, I was pretty good at riding motorcycles and most weekends it wasn't a bad result um so I felt like I'd given them what they they'd come and paid for. Anyway, yeah. you know, with with the win, or and that was a thing with sport. You know, your first, second, or third. You know, your fans and everybody's going to go pretty happy. Yeah. And for the thirty or forty or fifty pound ticket, whatever, whatever it was that, that, that they bought, you know, they got value for money because they have come to the British race and they've gone home with a British win or whatever. But, but music is very complicated because it's it's art, it's taste, and yeah. um, it's. But you know, it was, it was always a five or a tenner to watch it, so I did not feel that guilty. <laughs> 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 but it was Just, it was stressful for me because um, and I felt a real responsibility for everybody um, you know I, I was paying for everybody out my own money and uh, with the with, you know I drove the van most of the time to make yeah, sure yeah. that everybody everybody could rest and mm-hmm. um, and everybody was in the right frame of mind because I I, 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 one thing I did with the band would I'd got a lot of experience of working in teams you know yeah. all through my racing career I'd worked in a team and I'd, I'd subconsciously like learned what it takes to keep a team together because as a racer you you are the team leader because your results keeps everybody going keeps everybody's confidence keeps everybody's enthusiasm and focus so there's a lot of responsibility over a rider in in that format and as the lead singer it's the same kind of role Mm -hmm. because the lead singer without the lead singer singing there is no there is no music you know unless you're um, dream theater <laughs> <laughs> well yeah
0: especially especially with the with the with with, with the band toes and like it wasn't a band without you so yeah that that pressure was all on your shoulders to de- to, de- to deliver
2: every day yeah yeah and there's a vocal i don't mean that as though they're they're any less of no um, no no value to the band i i think it's just the words and the vocals and and um the message that hmm. the song is, it has to be sung. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the most vulnerable bloody instruments of the yeah. whole gig. You know, your vocal cords, you know, with with what you do, with what you how much sleep you get and what you drink. So the singer has to be so much more disciplined compared to the rest of the band if there's no other singing going on. Yeah,
0: you were, uh, you were very to... good at being disciplined, actually. No. Well,
1: I think both, both Craig and I have, have toured with many people who have not taken care of their voice at all, and you can see it very, very quickly into a tour when someone is just not really taking it seriously, drinking a bit after the show, has a smoke occasionally, not getting late enough night, sleep, enough late sleep. nights, no warm-ups. It shows very, very quickly, but I think you were very good at making sure you did warm-ups and took care of it and had early nights
2: when you could and didn't drink too much. So Luckily, was- from the racing, um, I brought discipline and, and mm-hmm. health and fitness, and and I thought this, I thought this uh, uh, having a few whiskers and a bit here and a bit there and doing whatever else um was was the rock and roll lifestyle that I'd kind of missed because I'd been a sportsman all my life that yeah. I wanted and I was I was I was gonna enjoy. Yeah. But but I quickly found out that I couldn't burn it at both ends if I wanted to be the singer in the band. And oh, yeah. so so luckily um I actually really quickly found out I don't I I don't really enjoy waking up with angle every morning and and I don't enjoy the tension that I might not be able to sing very well because I've 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 I've
0: I've had a yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. So. And nothing was worse than especially if you had a long drive to sit in those vans and try oh and God. catch up with sleep or whatever yeah. or have a day off with a hangover. It's just the fucking write-off, wasn't it?
2: Well it, it just it just rolls on. And you yeah. you can you can never catch up <laughs> in a van tour, can you? No, never. You know, it's, ma- it's... Maybe in a bus tour you can maybe just go in the bunk for another few hours or something and try to catch up or you know do
0: yeah.
2: in a van tour you can't do it.
0: No.
1: no. No, it's almost impossible. I think as well, it's a slippery, slippery slope. And we obviously, we toured with the band, obviously won't mention their name. Um, and I remember at the start of the tour, it was before they went on stage, there'd be a couple of shots of Jack or Jim or something going around backstage that by the end of the tour had evolved into, they needed to have the bottle of Jack or Jim, I can not remember what he was, on stage with them and another one when they came off the stage.
0: Yeah, they must have been just, going through six bottles of booze a day, like easy. And it just wow.
1: slips so yeah. so easily into that, and you don't realise it until you you know you six weeks in, you're like, why do I feel like shit yeah. all yeah. the time?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: but it's, it is scary how your body gets. You <laughs> <don't.
2: laughs> it, it is it is scary how quickly your your body uh, builds up a tolerance mm-hmm. when you're doing it every day. I think you know, like when you have a proper job and you know Monday, Friday and then you, you have a proper deal at the weekend. Yeah. And then you're thinking, "Crikey, I'm not going to that for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday." <laughs> by the yeah. time Thursday comes along, you think it's a good idea again for some reason. But um, but but on tour, if you just keep it going day after day after day, it's it's honestly within within about four, five, six days, you can be all of a sudden looking at a full bottle gone. Yeah. And it's um, uh, and and also you, you you're not feeling as bad as you should. Yeah. and that's the, yeah. that's when it's dangerous because your body's getting used to it. Where it's, it, it's just low, it's kind of like tapped out and going, oh, "I do what you want, then." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you
0: just crack <laughs> on. So. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then, then, it, then it's dodgy because then, then you know, with that amount of alcohol, depending on what your tipple is, um, then obviously your um, you, your organs start to you know tap out and stuff. And it's uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a, it is a slippery slope when it comes to um, when it comes to that. But there's such a stigma, isn't there? That mm-hmm. especially in a rock and roll band, that you know, you, you've got to live life on the edge and you've got to live that way to kind of like, you know, be one of them and, and get it, get accepted I think in some one way. One thing I've learned
0: the longer I've done it is definitely that that stigma um, is very real, but also it is just that personal battle. Like, mm-hmm. you, there's plenty of opportunities to decide whether you go on tour and be healthy and sm- uh, or whether you go on tour, get battered every day and smoke cigarettes. I, I'm, I've always went. Cigarettes and booze all the time. And then I did a couple of tours with no cigarettes and booze. And it was for me, it was always something I could choose. But it's all that downtime that I found the hardest bit that you'd be like finished a gig, you've got a six hour drive somewhere. What do you do? You just sit there and you have one beer and then you have two beers, three beers, and yeah, slippy soap. Yeah. Yeah. But you know,
2: um, it is that like you're saying, there is so much downtime, yeah.
1: <laughs> to it. that's I mean. it. But it's the day is basically just waiting around for a show to start,
2: really. Yeah.
1: You know, from the moment you wake up to the minute you go on stage, it's just about that hour and a half, yeah. When you're on stage, it's not really about anything else, so you are just waiting for that to happen. And I think, yeah. like you said, that's just where it comes in is like, well, what am I gonna do? Oh, there's a boozer over the roads go for a quick pint yeah yeah and 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 the time turns into oh we'll have a pint when we get back or let's have a drink before we go on stage I was used to that with the racing
2: course four or five days and that's it you're in you you get well and you get a taste for it a little bit don't you because you're always catching up to just try and feel a bit all right again so you know you're trying to you, you 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 need a little bit then to kind of straighten yourself out again but all of a sudden how much you need as it goes on just takes more and more to kind of straighten yourself out but um, the racing, the racing was very similar to that. Just kind of like a lot of kind of work and like focus and all the rest of it. And then the race was like forty minutes long, but it, it was a sensible time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was finished for like two, three, four <laughs> o'clock, right? So, and then you had a bite to eat, and then you kind of went. Mm, most of the time, you're in bed for like no matter with 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 the band. It's because you don't do the shows until late at night. Is it is the is the lifestyle kind of? Because did a few festivals and when we we're a new band, you're on first. So did a few festivals at like 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It was perfect for me. Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you've got you cannot polish half a bottle of Jack off before twelve o'clock unless you unless <laughs> yeah, you are proper schooled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had a bit of lunch uh, uh, laid on because at the festivals are really nice with the, with the catering and stuff. And then you were driving afterwards, and it kind of kept you awake. It's the timings yeah. in it that really are the they. The, the, it slips into that kind of like you yeah. know you go into the pub every night. So I'll with that right in then. mind,
1: actually, oh, um, on. On. would you would you say you'd prefer prefer touring as a support band, or did you prefer the headline shows that you did?
2: Oh, because um, mm, well, it
1: goes for me, I, I, before for me. It's like sometimes supporting is fantastic. Finished by eight thirty, fantastic. Yeah. But. Yeah. It is nice to be the the big dog as well.
2: Yeah,
0: I I, I really enjoyed the tour. Some amazing people, James, haven't you? I mean, like, the list is is pretty incredible. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and the nice thing is, you know, with them, um, with the with the first kind of tour, we we, we were down there in Cornwall with Reef. Um, mm-hmm. We did the Little Angels for the first few few kids when they came back in two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That's obviously was a was a personal one. We're writing on the song for Toby Jepsen, and um, then. Uh, we had Quo when we, when they got back together again. The yeah, Fantastic the Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, that was great because all the diehards came. And and why it was great for us was because of of all the four original members came back together again. Everybody mm-hmm. crammed in at seven to try and get us close to the stage to see them all. Yeah, so, that's exactly what you want. You know, so for the support, it was absolutely Ramo because of that, and that was amazing for us. But. Oh, and obviously, Deep Purple. And, that, that is um,
0: one of my favourite tours that I've ever been on. Like, I, deep I've Purple, sp- yeah. I've spoken on it, um, no, the status quo one because I learned so much from that tour about front of house sound. Like the the, the sound engineer Andy May. Uh, yeah. Told me things in thirty five minutes that I live by now at every every gig, and yeah. I will never forget it. And it was it yeah. was great. And I just felt that that tour four toes then and for myself personally like every night was just a step up and it just got better
2: and better and better and i think i also um i think we all we all got something from from touring with with those like um legends and and Mm. and and such professionals and you know you when you kind of have a taste of what it's not just what you see on the stage when you have a taste of what the lifestyle is to be a musician yeah. and then you look at those boys at like 60 70 like nearly 80 years old some of the deep purple lads as well it's like and they're still up there you know giving it the role yeah. and and you know that they've done what we were but we're talking about the battles and the, the yeah. know, and the pitfalls and all the rest of it absolutely you know, to, to get to that age and still do it and i, I think I think you know it really helped everybody just go ah okay so yeah. to to get some longevity here you know that's what we need to be looking at and mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I mean the support tours were great for that uh, to to watch to watch legends and see how they they, they do things live at the side of the stage mm-hmm. you can't buy that kind of um, that experience um, yeah. but um, but but some of the headline shows were, were, were amazing because all of a sudden, the first time that you hear the crowd singing your songs back a little bit, or um, you know, the, the the first time we sold out uh, Slade rooms, which was five hundred capacity for the first time. Oh yeah, um, yeah. you know, so just was like little the first kind of headline that sold out um, over five hundred capacity. Yeah. 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 Um, so just like these, just like these, um, like the, these stepping stones that uh, um, the, you're kind of like, uh, you, you know, you are increasing your awareness of of, of your own band for the headlines. But um, I, I did enjoy the supports just because there was a lot to learn, and I learned more doing the supports. Yeah, that's
1: an interesting way to put it. I, I had not really thought about it as as an learning experience before. Yeah. But that's a very good point actually. And now I'm thinking of it, having worked supporting bands obviously as a as a support artist for headline bands i have actually picked up a lot more that way yeah yeah i think when you get
0: chatting with the guitar tech or the front of house engineer and they're like have you tried these mics or have you like especially on stage i remember having chats with monitor engineers and being like why the fuck are you doing that and they'd be they'd just open up this array of knowledge and you'd be like oh shit (laughs)
2: that's cool (laughs) yeah and we were lucky because uh, there were there were some really nice people we, we only bumped into a few kind of um egotistical kind of guys uh, those kind yeah. of like those kind of um well, they Snowyton were mainly in Col- the van, though oh. weren't they <laughs> <laughs> in the front
0: yeah <laughs> so that's why right, the
2: front
0: driver yeah
2: was right yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I, you know i think um But again, you know, we were talking about the pitfalls and like, you know, what you can, you know, you can get it to with, with, with drink and drugs and late nights and whatever. And um, I quick, I quickly then realized that there's no, there's no wonder there's a vibe because if if everybody's on that kind of lifestyle I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a hungover guy that I'd like to chat to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit rude. <laughs> you, know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, no, and, when, and when I was kind of like doing the rounds with the uh, festivals, and like, and like you know, if you'd had a like proper night's skip and you just had a, you know you'd nice, but I'm like you going, hey mate, oh, I'd like to see you. And like, they were like. Mm. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and I, you so but so realized, chipper? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but then I kind of realised that you know, there's a lot of people with a hangover most of the day. <laughs> yeah, Don't
1: I think alone. so. I think so. I was, I was listening to another podcast um, that, that's interviewing musicians and things and techs as well a little while ago, and one of them, I can't remember who it was with, but I remember him saying with the guy that was being interviewed that he used to pay um, the other guitar tech. Like 50 quid or something to take all his stuff out of the trailer and set it up on stage for him in the mornings because he was so hungover every day, he didn't want to get (laughs) out of his book. So I'll give you 50 quid if you just get all my shit for me and then I'll turn up later for sound check. Yeah, not, not bad. bad.
2: Well, well, it's just a three-month tour, you could do, absolutely yeah, it's not exactly. bad do is it. It's not a <laughs> bad deal. Do. Fucking don't jump
0: Who is this guy? I'm gonna give him a call.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty. Uh, yeah. James. I, what I, would I, you... I paid Craig a lot more than that to get my keyboard out. I'm... Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what would you say, like if you you know you're going on tour for three weeks in Europe, most essential item? That you can't tour without what would it be? I think I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this, I think. Pillow. Yeah, 100 yeah, percent
2: <laughs> Easy. Easy. Because yeah. like, you know, I mean, uh, oh, I was I was very spoilt in my old job because you know, with the level that we did it at, with the, 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 the there weren't too many travel lodgers. <laughs> no, I can't imagine there were. <laughs> Especially travel it must lodgers a bit with of Someone shock to the system. <laughs> someone in your bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you don't have a duvet and stuff. It's like, okay, Um, but yeah, as long as I've, as long as I got my own pillow, I can sleep anywhere. Yeah, it, it, that, that was an absolute must. What else was the? Um, I think that's definitely the top one. If I've got my own pillow, I can sleep on a table kind of thing. Um, yeah, you were you were pretty regimented with your porridge intake as well, weren't you? Porridge, oh yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah. Do you know I. That was the whole thing about the, you know, the drinking in the party and all the rest of it. I quickly realised I couldn't do it. And, you know, <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. And like, I was like, no, no. Get your pill and get your porridge. And just... <laughs> <laughs> just stay
1: in your lane. Yeah, know what you need. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Love that. It's literally, yeah. it's stay in your lane. You know? yeah. <laughs> that was a chat in the mirror every morning. Just come on now.
1: I think that, you know, there must have been quite a difference in hotels. From from your old job to what what you were doing with there uh, with the band, I think the worst one that I cr- I can remember, uh, you might have a different one, was in Paris. Oh, easily. Oh, <laughs> oh easily. God, easily. you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I,
2: I, in fact, uh, I don't even want to go back there.
0: Please. Oh my God,
2: it was unbelievable. I think we I, should take a trip back there right now. <laughs> like, why was it so bad, Jess? I well, I had I had I had like exposed breeze blocks holding up my shower unit. And and it is the only place ever, ever in my life, I've put some clothes on, more clothes on to get into, get into bed. bed. It was that dirty. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> Do you know how horrible it was? Um, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't even want to put my pillow on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was that dirty. I didn't want to put my own pillow on it. I oh, it, was a that. it was horrendous. It was horrendous. But yeah, the, the shower unit was lifted up by breeze blocks.
0: Yeah. I think we've lost Liam. Oh, oh
2: no! And it was the most expensive of the tour. That's what pissed me off.
0: (laughs) That one ended up. I remember it was so bad. We we walked into that room and then was literally like, "Nope, I'm out." (laughs) We went straight (laughs) to the bar next door. There's there's a great video actually of um oh he's back of uh, um Ed playing guitar in the uh in that bar next door to us just oh yeah yeah in the cafe in the cafe yeah and oh god
2: yeah. Who was who was the girl that came out to see us? who was it was in Paris. Um, she was with you, and like I was so embarrassed because like did yeah, come to the Paris show? Yeah, that was um, um. She worked at the cafe in um.
0: Yeah, in London. Um,
2: yeah. Oh god! Oh, that's yes. horrendous! So, I can't remember. He also her
0: name. filmed um one of Sonia. one of my favorite. Like, Sonya. Uh, one of my favorite videos of Tozen from the pit of uh, that Harley Davidson festival.
2: Oh, Yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, great. That was great gig. Yeah. That was. But, that yeah, was that's a where you. Meeting. That's where you got naked and squashed all your bits on the glass window. On, Brilliant. On, not the glass window. <laughs> there's like a glass banister, yeah. and like there was people walking on the sidewalk of the river, and there's like a glass banister on the side of this bar, and you got completely naked, squashed everything against the glass when people walking by. Ban-
0: <laughs> you had that photo for far too yeah. long as well. I still used got it.
2: I still got it. It's I'll, fantastic. Always have that. I'll always have that just in case, Craig. Yeah, you know just me? in case.
1: <laughs> I love that photo. Like, it's my favourite photo of Greg.
0: <laughs> what is your, um, what's your favourite remember... memory of touring? Like With things like that. That, like...
2: that,
0: that. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember love... the night with um, when we did,
2: oh, in Harris. Um It oh, was with, one of the race uh, days. Bonnie Tyler? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what a, a, great... a wicked night she, oh, she was the age one. She... I always remember the husband. I mean, the husband was in the port cabin, asleep, like, proper having a, like, oh, God, here she goes again. Because <laughs> you know? she was on the red wine, wasn't she, Baseline? Um, yeah. I she, think she everyone was, was on the red wine that night. Oh, she, yeah. she was lovely, too, as well, wasn't she? And like, she was really,
1: really nice. She was, like, you know, like, a drunk aunt at a wedding. Yeah. you know, just checking in on everyone, making sure everyone's all right, topping up some drinks, go around all the tables. was
2: fantastic. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved, and it was like at Herod as well, like, and it was a bit surreal because like I was in the paddock of like it, I was kind of kept going between my like, both worlds, but both lives, you know, Oh yeah, i 'cause yeah. I'd I'd race there and, and like at Dunnington, at like, the um festival, that was a weird one as well. Like to kind of like have these like festivals at the actual racetracks. Yeah. Um was um, um but yeah, Barney I I'd I didn't realise how many amazing songs... I mean, obviously, you know, the, the one or two just straight off the bat, mm. but the, the whole gig was just days, wasn't it? Yeah. Was yeah that was, that really was a good. very fun day.
0: That was uh, actually the first time I ever missed a lobby call was after that night. And, <laughs>
2: and, Are you sure it was the first? Of course it was the first. It Are happened you once, sure? It's only happened once. It
0: happened.
2: <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Liam, Paris. Paris, by far, was the worst hotel ever on tour. And um, it was the most expensive. Of course, it was. Do you, remember, do you remember the Do you remember the hotel afterwards in Holland with all the golf course and all? that? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The, Absolutely the after, amazing. Yeah, that
2: was half the price of that <laughs> it's shit hole in Paris. I yeah. swear to God,
1: in all my years of touring and having and booking hotels for people, and everything else, <laughs> I have never found a, a good value Parisian hotel that is oh. not a shit at all. I've no. never, never had a good time and in they all Paris. Look like that? It's fucking insane.
0: Yeah.
2: Honestly, that was like one hundred and twenty euro a night. You know what I mean? Each. You know what I mean? Like ridiculous. I'll, I'll
0: forever have the the image burned into my head of um, Roger, who was on this podcast, well two weeks ago, just squishing banana into the floor, just being like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> <laughs> what
2: into the hotel
0: floor? Well, because our door didn't lock. We had like, <laughs> and like we went to the desk and they were like, "Look, there's no other rooms," and it's just like brilliant. Thanks for all your help. So we had to put the beds up against the door to lock our stuff in there and not sleep. And, yeah, after being in the calf for a while, we ended up with bananas and just...
2: It was that bad. I don't think you went to bed till like four, did you? Just so you didn't have to sleep yeah. watching it.
1: It was a right. Yeah, we were up a long time. I, I, okay,
2: remember, okay. I remember traveling to Holland without much chat the day after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a bit quiet. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Which tour was that? That was a headline tour, wasn't
2: it? Uh, uh. Yeah. Yes, I think it was. You know, when we went round, uh, we, um, no, was it uh, The Brew?
1: I wasn't with we the ad- uh, No, it was. I think it was Blackstone Cherry. I think we were with Blackstone Cherry. Blackstone Cherry. Cherry. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So right. right. yes, it was. We yeah, it was. We did the circus in. Yeah. Paris, yeah, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really good lads, weren't they? Really good lads. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. What a band. Yeah. But, but I tell you, I tell you what though. It's like you know, whenever we talk about the, those days, those three or four years, like it, it brings a smile to my face, and that's what it's about. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even, even that, like shit in a hotel in Paris, or it, we, you can't not laugh in situations like that. Yeah. You can't open a door of the hotel room like that and, and look at your shower or, or like, teetering on some breeze blocks and, <laughs> and, and like, in the bed looks like it's, like, some like, other horror film. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and not just, like, just have a bit of a smile because you're <laughs> bursting your tears, if not. Well, exactly, uh, Yeah. yeah. And then you realise you've paid for it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you can't park outside any of places,
2: Oh, it's no, like a fucking God. joke, Dude. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the parking was a thing, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Uh, parking's never fun in a van as well. I think that's something a lot of people don't really realise about touring is that when you are driving around a van, like, you can't just leave that on a high street because yeah. you'll get fucking robbed. You can't park it in some dingy car park, like... Got that was a good
2: thing about travel lodges in the UK. Huh? That was a good thing about the UK and travel lodges. Absolutely. Because you've got a travel lodge with parking, you can just reverse it up to, you know, whatever, the hedge or the post or the wall or whatever, and, and it was it was the best thing, and obviously with the parking. But, yeah, Europe, um, especially in some of the cities, it's, uh, I mean, can you imagine if you've got bloody um, buses and stuff? God, I don't know.
1: Oh, it is a fucking nightmare sometimes oh, trying yeah. to get a bus places yeah. in, in yeah. Europe. It's
0: kind of, you get allocated parking with buses, so a lot of the time, like... If
1: sometimes.
0: Uh, no, I agree, obviously <laughs> <they> sometimes <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> yeah, scene. yeah,
1: you can yeah. park a bus here. Yeah, don't yeah. worry, we've had buses here before. And then you get woken up at five in the morning by the driver being like, and they're having a fucking laugh, I can't get a bus in here. <laughs> yeah. I've got 20 minutes left on my taco. Uh, we're stuck
2: in a minute. Horrible. <laughs> so we're parking
0: here on the main road? Then, <laughs> you
2: see, this is where you lost me, lads. I never got to this level.
1: You know, you're losing me now. You're losing me. <laughs> it, like, a bus is nice. I, I do like a bus, but you miss a lot of the world when you're touring on a bus because you just yeah. asleep all the time. You don't yeah, really yeah. You experience as much, I don't think, to be honest. It's yeah. easy to just lay in have a, a you know, late morning. You yeah. don't really have much choice in seeing anything. You just kind of
0: just got yeah. to get in and go,
1: haven't you? That's it, basically. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in a van,
2: yeah. I think you have a bit more camaraderie, and a bit more fun. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because you are like you, you are are like if you stop at the petrol station, you are going to wake up and stuff, aren't you? And, yeah. and have, just even wander out and have a look around and stuff like that. But yeah, no. It's, I mean, you know, if you if you, if you're burning the candle at both ends a little bit, and you've got a bus, um, it can be it can be a pretty kind of um, enclosed, pocketed little bubble oh, yeah. um that, that you're living in. And uh, mm. and I'm not sure I'm not I'm not sure if the the uh, the, the an hour and a half performance on stage kind of evens out the um <clears throat> the clouds. I don't know if it cleans yeah. the clouds if you know mm. So it, that's I think that's why it takes its toll on tour if you kind of if you approach it that way.
0: Yeah. yeah. But you have
2: gotta have a lot of discipline because of the timings, because if you're on stage at nine o'clock and then you're getting out of the venue at twelve. You know the the trappings are just nightlife. Yeah, and it's uh, so it takes a lot of discipline to, um, and also type of music. You know, and I, you know, in the rock and roll world, it kind of goes with it a little bit. So it depends if, <laughs> but you know, I, even I hear that like people like Ed Sheeran and people like that, they they take a lot of drink on board. You know. Yeah. Um And I think uh, I think your body can only take so much, and also your mind on, on enjoying life so much. Where because if. If if you really get like a, a stigma with with burn at both ends and you go away and and then you come back home without much earnings and stuff and also or it's just being a drag of ill health, mm. you're you're diluting your enjoyment to actually go and do your job, and then you you don't actually look forward to going on tour again sometimes because um, you've got the memory of how difficult it was and what an arduous task it is touring in that way so. I think it's important to look after yourself to a certain point if you can if
0: you are going to be a touring band. Yeah. Oh definitely. Hundred percent agree. Like I was saying earlier, I've I've fully U turned on the I mean, I still have a drink in, but I won't smoke on tour anymore. i will definitely stay away from drugs and yeah. I can't do it. It's my job now. Like it was always my job, but now it's like it's all I've got. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I've got no choice other than to be good at it every day. But I say yeah. good.
2: We well, haven't. you realise your tolerances, don't you? When, yeah. that, and that's a thing about a, like a two, well, a month or two month or three month tour. Um, you, you are going to find out what your limits are. Yeah,
0: hundred
2: um, percent. <clears throat> um, it's uh, it's then about if you're strong enough, and then um, and then if you're able to enjoy it at the level that you can do it at. Because yeah. mm-hmm. if you can't do drugs and you can't do alcohol and you can't bend it, but then to do the job. Um, you know, once you've got those memories of, of, you know, when you have a bit of a drink and you have a bit of smoke or whatever, and, you, and you're right on that level of, of enjoyment, and then you've got to do the performance. Um, once you've, once you've got that muscle memory and that, that chemical balance in there, that, that memory of that very, very difficult to come back. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Very
1: absolutely. difficult
2: to come back. And, and, and that, I think that's where people do then get scuppered about, uh, trying to get that new set and new balance and new way of doing stuff for, um, because you know, drinking drugs when they're on the right balance, um, you are oh, bloody brilliant. <sighs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, is. it is, it is, it is. So yeah, but like anything, you know, I suppose, like if, you know, if you have sex on drugs. Hmm. You know, you've got to be very careful in a relationship that, you know, once you've kind of got to that and, and you've experienced all that, then, you know, and then you're, you're bumping and grinding with just a bit of uh, a cup of tea down you. And, like, you you, you know, she's, she's looking at her watch and wondering when, uh, when yeah. the EastEnders is coming on. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't say I've ever had that problem. <laughs> yeah, my favourite question uh, that I yeah.
0: love asking people that we talk to on this is uh, top five venues, can you do it?
2: Um, that we played or that you went to see a no, concert well, so In whatever you like okay um, Roundhouse London
0: love it yep
2: that's a very um, good one um, did Tozer never play Roundhouse? No. Nope. No, nope. I uh, um, I saw my ex-missus there um, which was which was which was a fantastic show she, uh, that she had there uh, but just the vibe with the pillars and that was it's it's just i mean i could just imagine yeah just imagine any any gig yeah. would have been good there um i would say the royal albert hall yeah
1: yeah fantastic
2: um that circus place was cool in paris in i can't remember what it's called i keep wondering if it's a cola magnolia
1: but that's in Milan yeah right magnolia it's a really good venue i've been there a few times it's fantastic
2: Loved it. Oh, the one in Germany, of course, the outside amphitheatre that we did with purple. Lorelei. Lorelei. Oh, Lorelei.
0: I loved that day. I I will never forget it. Um walking back to the dressing room and you and Ian and just having a chat and just being like yeah. I can't believe I'm actually seeing that. Like, that's so fucking cool. Like, and, like, Steve Morse came in and just hung out with us afterwards. And I was like, I remember reading magazine articles about this guy. Yeah.
2: Like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? Yeah. And that was nice with the connection with bikes because all that was about was Ian Gillen used to sponsor uh, race teams, a motorcycle mm. team. And Steve Morse's best friend, um, where he lives, has got a Ducati dealership. And, like, he, <laughs> yeah, he wanted to come for a signed picture and stuff. And um, so... There were times where my old life did come massively in handy, you know, Mm -hmm. to to kind of get introduced to people and get that connection to people. Um, And uh, I remember uh, John from, uh, the drummer from, from, um, um, oh, come on, Blackstone Cherry? The, the, the Blackstone Cherry. Um, uh, he was like, um, who's who's the NASCAR driver? <laughs> <I> remember when we were who's the NASCAR driver? <laughs> we were looking at each other and I we mean, well, it must be him. <laughs> is <not> <laughs> <laughs> um so it, it was a conversation, wasn't it? And you know, because bikes is it is cool, isn't it? So um, in, in a few instances like that, it was it was a great talking point. But Lorelei, I think Lorelei's got to be in the top three. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've got two to go on that. Um, yeah. Two to go. It's
1: difficult, isn't it? It's
2: hard I, to think, I, I did your Corporation, which was a personal one for me.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I've done that a few times.
2: That's always the a rooms. Oh, So sticky, yeah. great. that floor. It's sticky, dark, <laughs> and dingy, but it's. I think it's, it's because I'm a bit biased. But yeah. it's yeah, a, a legendary bit
1: place, you know. It's
2: got a yeah. fantastic reputation. It's in your hometown. Yeah. It's exactly. Brilliant. And if I'm going to be a bit more biased again, uh, uh, Sheffield City Hall um, is a is a, a yes. lovely place to to yeah. watch a show as well. Yeah. How yeah. so we sheffield City. hall do? How many times? Sorry. Been there? How many times we We did we did the uh, we did the small room once or twice and then we got from we bumped up to the uh, on the second album we got bumped up to the bigger room. Yes. Yeah. It's,
1: I think we did it twice, though, didn't we? Did we We did it once with uh, Skid Row. Yes. Once, once Skid Row with Row and then once lives. on his own. Yeah. 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 I love that place.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. I remember yeah. it was was it Joff? Joff was the uh in charge of booking us back in the day and it, it was it was such a pleasure to go to a DIY venue. And just be looked after, and that was also where we kind of did the first inc- incarnation <laughs> well, of talking.
2: Tory. <laughs> that's, when, that's when we that's when we discovered these talents again.
0: Yeah, that's when we realised it's a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love it. <laughs> good days. Yeah, it's always
0: Silicon wasn't it? Loved it there.
2: <laughs> what, what is that, Mother Brown? Yeah. I can't remember. You guys always ate it while I was at the merchandise store. You oh get... behave. <laughs> <laughs> Before the show. Yeah, they're
0: chowing down. <laughs> oh,
2: uh, there time. was always you and Raj giggling in the corner doing something wrong. Oh
0: yeah. Always. Always. We, we did have Rog on a couple of weeks back and um another one that we asked him was uh, top tip for touring. If uh if you had to give one tip. Not to like an aspiring person, but someone that's having to live through the madness <laughs> of being around a collection of idiots. All the time. <laughs> what advice would you give them to make it from day one of tour to <laughs> day fucking 60 or whatever it is? Well, you ask Rodge that. I ask Rodge you... that in a roundabout ways.
1: Yeah. I can't remember and what
2: his tip was. I think it was "Don't be a dick." Well, Roger wouldn't have got to day sixty, so I don't. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> he, could, he could he could do thirty with us, but sixty, I'm not sure that. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, talking about so... talking about like you know, like someone like all of a sudden being able to do a bottle of something on an evening. Oh, you yeah. know, roger Roger was the the guy that could do at least a bottle of vodka, but. That was incredible. He just got up in the morning in the van, as like he you know, he'd had like two bottles of beer. Yeah. Sometimes yeah.
1: go for a run as well. First, yeah,
2: thing in the amazing, morning. amazing, amazing. I'm not sure if insides was, was thanking him, but you know, it was amazing. <laughs> the to tolerance that he yeah.
1: had, I mean, judging by the smell that came from the back of the van a lot of the time, I don't think it was. To
2: be yeah, honest. now there's a reason why I was driving with a window to the Maasai,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it was pungent,
0: wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, good so yeah.
2: with with staying healthy
0: on tour, like obviously we talked about that, but like I don't seem to really remember. You weren't running or anything. You weren't you weren't doing exercise as such. But you're you're you weren't, you weren't drinking. No, lot, but no. you were busting your ass on stage. But eating wise, no, I,
2: like I realised, but it was a sleeping pattern really that, yeah. that kind of it. Um, it, it really scuppered it because we got to the hotels at like midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, yeah, and then. We were setting off for, for like ten o'clock to get to the to the next place on time, and then we got to the next place at, at um, you know say three o'clock for loading. Um, once we'd driven, and then you did you know setting up, and then the the sound check, and, and then then you're waiting then for the show. So there was never a, unless I got up super early to do the run first, yeah. Um, which I did I think a couple of times, but then I realised I, I by the time nine p.m. comes, I'm ready for bed. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, I just couldn't... That again, I was trying to find that balance. I was like, okay, keep, keep yeah. drinking in a bit and all the rest of it. And, and, and I remember taking you on a couple of runs and
0: you struggling, yeah.
2: <laughs> i I remember I remember going for a run with Rog once at the service station and then we went down this canal and then this canal just stopped and then we had to go all the way back from back and I needed a shit so, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember so you just grabbed on and I just had to go on the side of canal and then I think that's what did it that yeah. experience and then you know just not never just again like, Clean, cleaning up with a bloody stinging nose instead of a dot leaf and all that. Oh, right, okay, that's enough now. I'll, <laughs> I'll just stick to the driving and the singing.
0: <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant. I loved it.
2: This is a question for you as well. Do you think you'll ever be back to touring?
1: Do you think you're going to be back on doing music at all, in any form, or...?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, at this exact moment, um, um, no, too sure. I, I definitely want to, like, write and produce more, more music. Yeah. And... <clears throat> And I think uh, life's just settling down a little bit. Uh, um, it's been a bit manic mad, uh, last couple of years, you know, um, uh, divorce and moving back up to the Sheffield area and and um, um, and settling and trying to get me on place again and starting again. Mm. And, you know, with being married to a professional musician on that level and me touring and her touring and, uh, and the trappings that it does bring and all the problems and and the way you have to think as a musician mm-hmm. to always be creative and the distance uh, and um, and and not being emotionally present a lot of the time because you're just constantly thinking about <clears throat> being creative you know yeah. it's 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 definitely a psyche that's not easy to 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 coincide yeah. with and uh, mm-hmm. um, so but now i've kind of like started again settling down got me on place and i'm i'm kind of starting life again um uh, now all of that kind of foundation is there again. I'm I'm going to have more time mentally to yeah. to kind of then put into something again and and, and, yeah. and feel. I definitely like it, I think yeah. having having a good foundation
0: at home is a much easier way to leave to go on tour. That's um, mm-hmm. oh, something absolutely. I've learned over the years. Like when things weren't great at home, and then all of a sudden you were you were off for six weeks. It you just left so many unfinished conversations or un. Unfought battles or whatever, however you want to put it, and he, yeah, he just it would yeah, because you for know because
2: you know it was only going to get even if it's good at home, yeah. you're going to have trials and tribulations, relationships wise when you Absolutely. when you're away for six weeks.
0: Yeah,
2: even if everything's cool. Yeah, you, you know you're going to get that kind of uh, that that loneliness and that uh, that tension. Um, I mean, especially especially at that level, we were doing it at. Well, everybody was in a little bit a bit, but I was coming home down. Yeah. Financially, every time. So, um, it, it that 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 I think that's why my touring was different to most people's because you know I funded everything. As the tour was going on, I was calculating everything with you guys doing the tour managing blah blah blah. Yeah. And then you know the whole thing was just you know hoping and wondering if uh, how much I was going to lose. Yeah. Because I was going to lose, but it was just how much. I remember when as it as was
0: on. like we were looking at the budget and it was like, okay, we've just about covered, like, the direct expenses of the tour, but then there was a big fuck-off T-shirt delivery that was done three months before that needed to be like, there was always just something that we were trying yeah. to chip away at and just, yep. it's getting yeah. harder and harder. Yeah, I mean,
2: I mean in, in um, just to give you an idea, in, in the seven years, eight years, um, it was £190,000. Jesus. Um, and, Long. and... And that was doing it as cheap as you could. Yeah. That that was me driving the van. That was yeah. me, uh, like, uh, kind of booking the the cheapest hotels, travel lodges, with mm-hmm. sharing a room with three people. It was mm-hmm. it was service sandwiches, and and it was it was bare minimum to mm-hmm. to do it at a level that you could actually just enjoy it. right? you know what I mean? Yeah. Where yeah. you know, there's obviously the next levels where everybody oh, everybody sleeps. Um, everybody sorry, just uh, had a phone call. Everybody sleeps in the van and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the, that's another level to it. But God, can a, you
0: imagine um, if we had done that?
2: Like, I think we all nah, would have had a massive scrap. Nah. Mm, I, but I couldn't, I couldn't have done that, you see, because, yeah. you know, I did have a, a, an amazing life with, with racing and, 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 and everything was a bit of a high level, including, you know, the flying and the hotels and the food. So, you know, I, I could only go so far back with, with, uh, with how I could slum it. Um, yeah. and Absolutely. <clears throat> but yeah, it was, um, uh, but yeah, I mean obviously there was there was income uh to, mm-hmm. to kind of like offset to that hundred and ninety K but um I probably yeah, probably I probably earned less than half. I got half of it back, um yeah. through through album sales and through through merchandise sales and all the rest of it. Um probably Eighty, ninety thousand, something like that, in total. So yeah. there was there, there was a, a big a big loss, but there always is when you're investing in a new company. I was going to say it's it's you an know? expensive
0: it's in, it's a very expensive journey to to go on to see if it works. But hmm. if it does work, sometimes hmm. it
2: can be outrageously fruitful can't it yeah, yeah oh that's the thing that's the thing with the music well to be honest that's the thing in in any well in in racing you know if if you're if you're in the top three crikey you, you're doing good yeah but if you're fifth you're doing okay if you're 10th you're paying to do it yeah you know, and it's the same in the music business where um you know you you, you get to the two or three hundred mark if they've got if you've got two or three hundred people in front of the stage you should be breaking even you know, hmm. with what you're doing, yeah. and then you know, if you go from five hundred to a thousand, then all of a sudden the, the 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 little ticket sales and the merchandise income and all the rest of it all of a sudden you start you start seeing things uh, adding up in the account, and uh, hmm. and then obviously you know, and but and then word of mouth. If you can imagine trying to get word of mouth of a two hundred people coming to a show, or you get word of mouth of a thousand people coming to a show, yeah. that that accumulates. In, in, in much bigger uh, formats, um, oh know. definitely. So, yeah. and then definitely. you get to the kind of theatre level, you know, up to you know between two and five thousand. Once you can attract between five and five, five hundred and a thousand, then that jump to the theatres should be relatively easy if you just keep uh, keep uh, um, keep going with it, you know.
1: I think mm-hmm. the scariest jump um, is go- is going from that th- three or four hundred cap to a thousand that bit in the middle there yes yeah. it, i think is a very scary jump because you've kind of just got to take a leap of faith and start playing these bigger venues in the yeah. hopes that you're going to sell these tickets i mean yeah. you probably are if you if you're going to be doing it but there is i think always that worry that you're going to end up in a thousand cap room with
0: 400 people in it yeah which is a scary thing. which happens a lot as well it does doesn't happen, it? Yeah. I, a lot of yeah. people do do the gamble and it does backfire so that's why he, yeah. that once again it goes back to having a great team around you that can kind of, kind yeah. of preempt and, yeah. all
2: that and advise you the best way. Depends where you're playing as well because some 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 cities or towns they don't have that two or three hundred, so you're forced to play a yeah. big venue. Then it's That's you know, it. and, yeah. but, um, but you know, <clears throat> you, you, everybody just try to get the the room full to 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 get that perception of of we've really come to see something here that everybody yes, wants yeah. to see. And that's that's when word of mouth gets out because yeah. um, it uh, it looks good for the band, but also also everybody in the room feels like they've they've because at, at the level we it's pretty cheap, so you get value for money to go and yeah. see a show, um, and they will tell people about it because yeah. everybody everybody's like the noise and the atmosphere and everybody vibing off that you can't you can't buy that publicity. Yeah. No, you can't. And, uh, and if you're in a thousand capacity with 400 people and you can't uh, you, you can't believe the vibe difference.
1: Yeah. I think one of the most can... shocking things I had was uh, we both did this gig actually. We did um Brixton Academy with mm. it was on the Chancellor Apertor and we were doing the opening act. And obviously with Brixton, I think they were saying it takes from it's like an hour and a half, I think, to get the room full. Is that right, Craig? Roughly from yeah. getting like the doors open to a full room is an hour and a half. So right. doors open, at, let's say six thirty, and your first act at seven. So we did the first act in so Brixton Academy, Academy.
0: Yeah, with seven hundred people
1: in it. Yeah, seven hundred wow. people in there, and it's that split between the the seating and the standing. Yeah, and that is a bleak sight to look at. That's really yeah. difficult to be like.
2: So
0: it's
1: sound serving. It's empty. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean yeah. I mean look at you know with COVID, look at how how I don't you know I don't think you are sports sportsman, but you watch a football match with no crowd. Oh my god. Oh yeah. You know. There's and I've been nothing. managing I've been managing a race team as well this year with no crowd. It's just like we're we're testing. It's like yeah that like, we're we're actually racing, but it's like what what we're racing for here. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. we're just we're just trying to beat ourselves here, you know. Yeah. Um and what I'm and listening to the like the the football with no crowd, with no atmosphere. <clears throat> I mean just on, on that psyche side of it, Sheffield United, who, who obviously one of the teams of people I'm living, um, they've only scored one point this year, right? Oh my God. With It's the worst start ever for like 100 years or something from any premiership team. Yeah. And because of these uh, smaller teams with much less budget than the bigger teams and obviously the capabilities and the abilities of the players aren't the, the, the same, But when Sheffield United got promoted two years ago, last year, I think they finished about seventh with this same team, right? So Mm. so all that was, was the confidence of winning the championship, going up to the premiership with that confidence and the crowd right behind them making the difference. And this year with no crowd, with the abilities not as good, and then the kind of like momentum's not there from anything else from finishing seventh, one point, and... That's the same thing about, you know, going into too big a venue. Um yeah. You, yeah. you're missing you're missing that you're missing that boost. Did you um did you get offered
0: any opportunities for the band to come and do any of these drive-in things or these streaming things and, <coughs> and do anything like that? Because to me that sounds like just filming a rehearsal.
2: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I was um the biggest problem I think I've heard with it is is getting getting the, the insurance for them because oh, yeah the, yeah um, no, i've no looked into
0: would, it with a company i've been working with and uh yeah it's 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 hard
2: because you know if, if you know sheffield was putting on something in the in the in the little uh park in sheffield you know and we're tier two then all of a sudden the day before the gig it goes to tier three and everything's going so the, the insurance company just won't touch it because of the insur- uncertainty yeah. yeah you know um and right rightly so as well but um i think for the um obviously for, for the music industry um, but also for the hospitality industry, COVID has really, really hit us um, uh, uh, so hard. So hard, yeah, yeah. Compared to others, I mean, like it, like it in any problematic situation, you get some winners and you get some losers. Yeah. Uh, but the music, the music industry is definitely, definitely lost because the people that fell through the net with the furlough situation, with, with all the freelancers, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole industry is with freelancers. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. That's stage, how it works. Yeah, you know, it is, and it was. Yeah, it's it's um it's been it's been it's been devastating. But I just hope that the appetite for live music, once we can go and see it and feel it and smell it, and now people appreciate actually what what how um uh how much of a privilege it is to kind of go out and see live music being played and and get those emotions and smells and, and everything else with a with a big crowd. Hopefully the appetite will be so strong that it can come back with a bang, a bit, and, and kind of start to getting everything back up and running again. I think yeah, that's I think going to be the still case. Have
0: sticky floors.
2: <laughs> yeah, they might not even be sticky by the time we get cracking again. Well, we'll give it a damn good. We can only hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think that's a very good way of putting it. Actually, is that I think that there is going to be a hunger, and like you say, being able to see it, smell it, and feel it with live music is a, it is a full five sense. Experience seeing a gig—it yeah. gets everything going. And I think the hunger for gigs when when it's safe to do so again is going to be massive. Yeah, you know what I mean, That's, I've seen I've, a
2: couple. I've seen a couple me, of bigger I artists. I can't
1: wait to go and and see a gig. I cannot wait to be able to yeah. go stand in a crowd and watch a
2: band. And do you know what? I think with this downtime, I think the appreciation of what we do actually do it might just reset everybody to actually having a different approach to doing it.
0: I think so. Know?
2: And, it's and very that, easy yeah, to be get cynical,
0: isn't it, when you tour? Like, it's very, it's a very nice job to do and experience to have, but I think we've all been there, as we've said already. It's just like when it's shit, it's awful, and it's like, I don't want to be here, but
2: it's lonely. That's the problem with it. it is the lonely. problem with it, the problem is you're lonely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the number one problem to tour, in. and and if you if you if you're hung over and, and and lonely um the uh, the gypsy lifestyle is definitely not for everybody yeah. because um, you've got to be a certain type of person to be okay with just uh, just mulling around in that kind of state um um and, and doing doing the shows however you want to do them but uh, but yeah loneliness is, is the biggest
1: you know, very difficult to explain uh, to people who haven't been on tour Exactly what tour feels like. Like you say, is it is lonely. Even though you are surrounded by people all day long, Mm. you know you can't get away from people for for twenty four hours. It is incredibly lonely. You just you're living in this tiny little bubble where real life and things that happen in the news in different countries and at home don't really happen to you. You just don't really register it. And then once you come back, it's like a big slap in the face of all this reality, and you just don't Mm. really know how to function. Properly it yeah, takes a um, few days to get back into it, I think,
2: and it's monotonous. Yeah, very monotonous. It's it, it's the same thing each day, uh, same show, obviously, on on a particular tour. Yeah, uh, and <clears throat> that's what the audience don't see because they just see exactly. one show mainly and and see an incredible show, like one off thing. But um uh, and I, and I think the the artist mind, and I think any 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 musician's mind. um we we pick up these things because we don't want a desk job. Yeah. a 9 to 5 job mm-hmm. doing the same thing every day. We're not that type of person. No. But actually when you go on tour, it's exactly that and yeah. and, and at really unusual times. Uh, so it's um uh, I think I think musicians and that are very surprised about what the lifestyle is when they do the first couple of tours. Um, it's uh, yeah. because
1: of those problems, you know. But, yeah. It's a grand day. It definitely is.
2: Mm. Fucking yeah. love that movie. And, uh, but obviously, you know, that the better you do, the, the more popular you get, the bigger venues you do, the, the, the nicer way you can tour with the nicer buses and nice hotels and, and that mm-hmm. you can get some hospitality on board. And, you know, it's uh it, it, it gets more pleasurable because you can Absolutely. You know. But but then again, you don't get these stories that we talk about. That those no. three or four years touring like we did, um um you know, could be the most fun, even if Absolutely. you got really, even if you got really big. You know, um, because I I race at the top level, and I know the pressures and the expectations. When a lot of people, a lot, a lot of sorry, a lot of people um, are paying a lot of money, so you have to perform really, really high level yeah uh brings a brings a whole new uh level of pressure on board I, even though it pays um there's a constant pressure on you that can really scuff enjoyment mm-hmm. of it and yeah. you can't you once you got to that level that's it that's why it's tough at the top because yeah. you have to you have to fully commit to be consistent to, when you're out there yeah. You? yeah yeah and that's why sometimes you know in the van and you know you miss calls sometimes da da drinking da, or whatever um those those are the fun fun memories because you, you have got a bit of a leeway on on how you if, you you've to you had to 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 tell us one
0: particular moment when you look back on it and go like that kind of evaluated touring like a particular experience for you ideally when all three of us were together what like, <laughs> what would that have been? What well, one of the best ones i would say. Yeah.
2: Um there was just some really do you know what there's just some really nice times where in the breakfast situations like um the service stations or and we we kind of like um because of the mode you were in we're all tired monotonous kind of lonely uh, like one by one we all got a chance to sit with each and a bit of a natter and um you Mm -hmm. learned a lot about people yeah and you, you oh, confide think, in people, and yeah, and you know you What's really make of my you best really friends make good to sense. this
0: day. Are the people I've toured with, and I include both of you with that, obviously, and like yeah. all the yeah, other man. people that I toured with. I, I love them all like like family, and it's it's because of those shared experiences, I guess.
2: You see people's insecurities in those situations, absolutely, and and, and that's when that's when you all stick together, and that's I mean you know, that's a band, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that's a group of people that, that look out for each other. And I think with the difficulties and the pitfalls of touring, um, I think that's when um, um, I think that's why the, the units of the band and the touring band and, and everybody involved is such a close unit because um, definitely through a whole tour, um, you're going to be helping and talking to people about really personal stuff and, and helping mm-hmm. each other out. Absolutely.
1: That is beautiful. I think that's a really, really nice... Nice way to end there. I think we've done like <laughs> what we do now, hour and <laughs> ten. Gone yeah, quick. That's, yeah, it's a decent great. decent length. That's a really nice place to end. That was lovely. Mm. That's been so a pleasure.
2: Well, thank you so yeah. much for joining uh, us on, on Talking Touring, James. oh absolute pleasure, guys. And 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 never say never. And hopefully, I will get back behind the piano again with a wrist, and that uh, we Can't can uh, we can make some music, and we can. Uh, we can we we can put ourselves through this torturous RG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. absolutely.